Well, Christmas 2020 is over, so what do you want to talk about next? New Year's plans, or lack thereof? Uh, COVID? No one's tired of talking about that. Politics? All right, let's go with politics. I guess I'm the one recording, so I can pick. I want to tell you a story about uh, uh, a few months before the 2016 American election, and it's just a simple little story. Uh, but it illustrates a point. Uh, I was entering a meeting with a few other Christian leaders in our area, and the subject of the, the election back then in 2016 in the States came up, and I wasn't the one to, to bring it up. I'm smarter than that uh, in that setting. I mean, I make a lot of dumb decisions and dumb mistakes, but bringing up politics in a group like that is not one of them. Uh, someone else had and, you know, I guess I naively or stupidly made some comments that were, were a little bit critical of Donald Trump's uh, moral character. And I just kind of, you know, expressed uh, my dissatisfaction that the Republican Party couldn't pick a better candidate than that in this day and age. And I'm not kidding you. Every eye in the room uh, turned to me. Everyone was quiet uh, until one person finally spoke. And, and said to me, I'll not, I'll not forget it, said, well, what, you're going to support Hillary then? And, and the whole thing was kind of comical to me. I mean, we're a bunch of Canadians that can't even vote, talking about uh, politics in a neighboring country. And uh, the passion, I guess, that some of the people had there talking about these matters uh, in an election that's not ours uh, was puzzling to me, but interesting, because I think it, it hinted at something. It hinted at uh, this increasingly prevalent us versus them mentality that we see in society. And a couple of years uh, after that uh, episode, I came across this quote, and I'll read it for you now, and, uh, and I'll see if this uh, relates to you guys and what you experience in the world around you. Tribalism. More and more, this description characterizes the trajectory of our society, as we are descending into an increasingly savage pack mentality. Forget about civility. It's the law of the jungle out there. And if you're not with me, you're against me. How ironic that in a society that has worked so hard to resist drawing any absolute line between right and wrong, we are now so eager to label a right and a wrong side of history, and a right and a wrong kind of people. When our news feeds are drowning in a warfare rhetoric, how is God calling his people to engage? Will we batten down the hatches and shore up our defenses? Will we charge full tilt into battle under the war cry, Take no prisoners! What does it look like for the church to be reconciled to God to forgive one another as the Lord forgave, and to live out our message of reconciliation in a deeply divided culture? It really is a great question. How will our church live out uh, a message of reconciliation in a culture that is so deeply divided, so fragmented? Uh, how will we engage in uh, a culture that's increasingly us versus them? You know, I don't think it's a question of, do we engage? Uh, clearly, the church does. 
clearly as individual Christians, uh, we do engage. And maybe there's some uh, issues the church should in engage in, and there's some that are, are better left for individuals to engage in. Uh, but it's not a question of do we, we certainly do, but but how do we do it in a way that's uh, effective? And, and perhaps even uh, what issues or, or items do we even choose to engage in? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'd suggest to you that we choose some of the wrong issues to engage in. And when we do engage, uh, sometimes we go about it the, the wrong way. I wanna show you a few uh, news headlines. These come from a satirical uh, Christian website called the Babylon Bee. But the fact that these are headlines uh, on this site that so many people can resonate with, that they actually get uh, an audience for this stuff, tells me that that these are uh, problems or, or debates or issues that are kind of rampant in church culture uh, around it, us. And some of this is more inwardly uh, focused, you know, Christians debate Christians. Some of this is more focused toward uh, looking externally to the world around us. But uh, just for fun, indulge me and take a look at some of these headlines and again, see if uh, you can relate to any of this. Apostle Paul's King James Bible up for auction. Thank the Lord. After all these centuries, we can finally prove which translation is the right one. Church replaces boring old hymns with same four songs every Sunday. I could die a happy man if I never heard one more argument about church music style. Church elders demand a recount after congregation votes to replace 30-year-old carpet. I've got a terrible feeling this one's based on a true story. Grizzly bear shatters all pro wrestling records after identifying as human. I believe gender identity issues will become more complicated rather than clearer. Baptists introduce more modest floor-length tree skirts. I married a Baptist. I threw this one in just in case her family's watching. New study suggests arguing about politics is most effective method of evangelism. Well, the way some people talk or post online, you might think they believe that's true. Christians thank God they can still argue with each other online during quarantine. A nice generic headline to capture a sad reality. We love to fight with our words. The Babylon Bee. That's a good stuff, I'm telling you. Check it out. I have literally uh, sweat myself, uh, silly, laughing some evenings, going through article after article uh, on that site. And it's just kind of like uh, idea or topic, one after the other, that just point out uh, the ridiculousness of some of the things that we fight about and, and argue about, or even if they're uh, legitimate things to be dialoguing uh, about, uh, the ways in which we go about it, or the level of effort or energy that goes into it, 
is is kind of wild in some cases, both inside and out of the church. And I get it that most people that engage in these kinds of arguments, debates, uh, discussions, you know, they care passionately about the issues. And uh, and I think in most cases, it's true that people are trying to uncover uh, what is the truth or what is right about a certain topic. And if we're honest, sometimes caring about uh, what is right might turn into more caring about being right. Uh, but in, in any event, people do care about truth. They care about what's right, uh, at least in their own minds, even if it's not more of a universal truth. If you hop on Google uh, right now or later today and just search for the terms truth conference, you're probably going to find a couple of dozen different uh, yeah, conferences or, or events or seminars, workshops that have some title that somehow combine those words or words similar to that. Some of them are going to be uh, Christian. Some of them are going to be non-Christian. You know, there's ideas out there about finding uh, God's truth or finding your own truth, what works for, for you. Um, people care about these things for, for one reason uh, or another. And you're going to have to engage in life in some of these discussions. Could be on a small matter, could be on a large one. But it doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, you're going to enter some kind of uh, dialogue with someone about what is true and what is right. And as you do that, whether it's with people in your own church, maybe it's someone from a different church with a little bit different view, maybe it's a coworker or a neighbor or a family member, uh, I'd invite you that uh, when you're doing that, you choose your words carefully and you do it uh, with a demeanor that is uh, Christ-like. And to help you think uh, through that a little bit in a real simple way, I'm going to give you a quote. Uh, I forget uh, who I heard this from. If I remember the name, I would give it to you. Uh, but this individual said, uh, truth is not a fruit of the Spirit. Okay, let me say it again. Truth is not a fruit of the Spirit. And when I first uh, heard that, I wasn't completely sure that that I agreed. But as the as the individual that said it kind of elaborated more, said, you know, obviously the Apostle Paul, who gave us the list of the fruit of the Spirit, cared deeply about truth, uh, you know, spent his life uh, looking for it uh, in his earlier years, trying to enforce what is true, uh, even using physical force to do that, and then and then spent the last years, decades of his life, uh, writing to churches about what is truth. So clearly, clearly he cared about uh, what is true, as you and I should as well. But uh, the point being that when it comes to interpersonal relationships and dialogue and how you get your point across, you know, the, the very nature uh, that you embody as a Christian, uh, there are some other characteristics, we call them the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that are really important uh, when you conduct yourself in a, in a private or a public setting. I'm going to get some help from some little elves in my house to remind you right now, what are the fruit of the Spirit? Hey Gideon, you know that the fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut? I know. I it's an apple, right? <laughs> well, if you want to be an apple, you might as well hear it. You can't be the fruit of the Spirit because... 
The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Darn, I thought it was a pineapple. You thought it was an apple. Oh. There you have it. The fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If you're offering somebody today a glass of truth, but the cup you're using doesn't hold any juice from those fruit, I don't think that you actually poured uh, from the truth bottle at all. And uh, that's something to think about. Maybe you disagree, but I invite you to think about it. Another way to look at it is, even if you're saying a bunch of things that sound right, it's very possible to do it uh, in the wrong way. You might be making accurate statements, factual statements, but if you don't do it uh, embodying the fruit of the Spirit, doing it in a way that's loving above all else, you're not doing it uh, in the way that God wants you to, in my opinion. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, uh, he did some preaching. Some might consider him the best preacher of all uh, times. And really, what in what was his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he taught that uh, as believers, uh, we ought to be uh, salt and light in the earth. Um, salt, you know, at the day, is meant to preserve, uh, meant to decay. It wasn't really about flavoring or melting ice this time of year. It's a, a preservative, prevent decay in society, moral decay, trying to protect uh, against that kind of thing as believers. You can't lose your saltiness, though, if you're going to do that. Salt and light. Light. Uh, it illuminates. It shows what's actually there and what's real. You're not stumbling around in the darkness trying to guess what might be in front of you. You see a light that provides guidance, shows a clear path. Uh, I firmly believe that when followers of Jesus uh, do these things jointly, when we represent salt and light, uh, people will be drawn to the gospel message. But if you're just going to be salt uh, without light, you know, you're going to end up fighting battles in this world, trying to preserve a bunch of things, trying to preserve a way of life, trying to preserve a way of doing church, trying to preserve uh, morality or tradition, any number of things. Some of them might be good in and of themselves. Uh, but if you do that uh, just as salt without light, I don't think you end up displaying the likeness of, of Jesus. Likewise, if you're just going to be light without salt, I think you end up maybe talking a lot about spiritual stuff. Again, maybe saying uh, some things that, that might be accurate, some things that might be spiritually true. But if you do it without uh, the saltiness that actually demonstrates a care uh, for the culture around you, it might be a bunch of meaningless words that uh, doesn't amount to much after all. Um, I guess one other way I'd, I'd try to describe it to you today is that when it comes to any particular issue, uh, a lifestyle, a choice, a political uh, view or belief system, uh, it's going to be easiest to absolutely oppose or absolutely go with the flow. Uh, but managing the tension in between is tough. 
uh, let me give you an example um, you know we hear a lot uh, we have for years we're going to continue to hear for years about uh, sexual ethics uh, that kind of thing uh, what makes a marriage a marriage uh, what's what's allowed and what's not the law over time will agree less and less with uh, the church and vice versa um, it's easy I think in today's world to completely go with the flow of where culture and government is headed and you could do that without taking a lot of flack from any particular group uh, likewise in some churches it'd be uh, very easy to just uh, declare absolutes about what you uh, believe to be right and completely ignore perhaps even disgrace or embarrass those that uh, that you disagree with and so I think you go to either extreme um, uh, that's probably the easiest thing to do uh, to manage attention in between where you might have a particular viewpoint just like I have a particular viewpoint and you notice I haven't disclosed it I don't need to to, to tell you that uh, to manage uh, attention in which you might be uh, loving and respected by those around you I think is a really difficult thing uh, to do I'll give you one more quote uh, that again you might not agree with I wasn't sure that I did at first either uh, just like the previous one I gave but uh, I'll give it to you for what it's worth and you can think about it if you're living uh, too pagan for your Christian friends and if you're living too Christian for your pagan friends you might be in the sweet spot if you're living a little too pagan for your Christian friends and you're living a little too Christian for your pagan friends you might be in the, the sweet spot take that and think about it at some point in life you're going to be forced to engage with someone on a point of contention or you're going to be the one to bring up a point of contention because you see some issue that needs to be addressed when you do it do it with love do it with peace patience kindness goodness and self-control in your heart and when you fail to do it that way admit it confess it apologize don't settle for lines like that's just who I am or that's just how I talk or truth is truth no matter how it's said don't don't settle for that kind of approach I know you're human I'm human too God knows that we're all human there's grace like I said ask for forgiveness when you fail uh, pick up and move on again a uh, couple more quotes I don't know who said these things first but uh, I think in our society it's increasingly true that uh, you may have once had a time in, in the past maybe some decades ago where perhaps the majority of people would have a, a somewhat decent understanding of, of what Christ stood for what the Bible has to say I think in this day and age you could walk down a street you could be in a neighborhood or a school or a workplace and you might be the only Bible someone reads you might be the only Jesus someone sees are you gonna argue someone into following your version of Jesus because of how great you are or how greatly uh, you can you can explain the truth or rationalize your opinion probably not uh, will you instead pursue the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness gentleness and self-control that Christ himself demonstrated uh, as a human on earth 
with the prayer that by God's grace, someone around you might see how great he is through all of that. That's my prayer for you guys and girls. That's my prayer for me, that we would show uh, the fruit of the Spirit, that we would show others uh, the greatness of Christ, and by doing so, we'd make his name known uh, in the world around us. I love you guys. Uh, I miss you guys. I look forward to, to seeing you all again at some point in person in 2021. God bless you all.